0: Cool. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Nigeria Politics Weekly. As usual, your regular hosts are myself, Nigeria's best and Phoenix Agenda. And for today's episode, we actually have two guests. Our first guest is whose Twitter handle is at Eloka 51. He's a trade finance specialist based in Toronto. Our second guest, is at tex the law uh tex during the daytime is a lawyer and at night he's a dj known as a dj tex the only dj with an llm so please, please. It's, it's <laughs> pleasure to have Tex and eluca here there
1: thank you, you
2: for having us thank you for having me Eluka, uh, gege and phoenix agenda
1: hi guys uh good to join you again
0: well uh, I, I suppose we need to get started because this week in nigerian politics has been hot or as uh, as they say as good luck jonathan used to say "Yam pepper scatter in the mm-hmm. app everywhere you turn there seems to be trouble but i think we'll focus mainly today on uh, the the acting or the former acting Chair of the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission in Nigeria, uh, Mr. Ibrahim Magu uh, on Monday. It was a normal Monday. He was in his car on the way to the office and suddenly his convoy was intercepted by the DSS. And that seemed to be the beginning of the drama. So first of all, to Phoenix, why was Magu arrested?
3: Hi everyone. You can see how um, Nigeria's best has started me off with a loaded question. <laughs> I, I think um, <laughs> I, I, I let's let's I mean there's been a there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of things written about Magu over over the last uh, five years since he came into, into office. Um, and a lot of allegations of corruption have trailed him, which up until now, surprisingly, of oh, perhaps not surprisingly, um, have been ignored by the person who had appointed him and tried to get him nominated twice, uh, which had been turned back by the Senate. So Magu was um, arrested um, based on the report of um, the panel that was put in place by President Buhari to look into, uh, to sort of like audit the um, recovered loot that EFCC has done um, over the last five years. Uh, now, this panel was put in place in 2017. I believe it was as a response to um, the pushback by the Senate at that time in refusing to confirm um, MAGU based on a report that was written by the DSS. Now, understand that the DSS also reports to the president, and they had written a report saying that uh, um, there are uh, so many things that MAGU was doing that was not uh, above board. Um, He was living beyond his means, according to them, and so on and so forth. And on that basis, the Senate had said, look, we can't confirm this guy. Buhari had kept him in place as an acting chairman of the EFCC, but then instituted this panel that apparently looked into it, took them about 10 months, submitted their report, uh, and now a lot of it is coming to, to the fore, and has led to him... Uh, being arrested of course and i'm sure um the others will discuss this so i'll I'll pass on to them very soon there's also the malami angle there because we know that that's also played into him being um um, arrested and detained and facing this inquiry so far
0: well i'll i'll bring in uh, uh dj Tex at this point oh i'll bring in Tex at this point um Tex, the the question is Magu has been in detention since Monday the sixth of uh, July. one of the things he's already his lawyers have complained about is the fact that first of all they've not they've been, they've deprived him of his human rights and that secondly the case has been conducted in the media and've <laughs> been treated like a common criminal and as you know, this is the same magu who used to do the same this very thing to yeah. other people so how? What do you think is the? How, how do you, as a Nigerian lawyer, respond to his complaints that he's, he's being treated like a common criminal?
1: Well, um, so I think the, the whole affair, or, or, or the the part where he, he's complaining about being treated like a common criminal, underscores a couple of things. First of all, Nigeria is that one country where irony comes to die. <laughs> you know, uh, everyone in political office or who's been appointed, you know, they they, they seem to have no. I mean, you know, first of all, they have no sense of shame, but clearly they have no sense of irony. Secondly, that leadership class also lacks a sense of you know enlightened self-preservation, enlightened self-interest, really, because night and day, people like Nigeria's best, like myself. When I also used to write a column, we would bang on about you know the rule of law, and the best argument for someone in power to entrench the rule of law is that as we say, one day if it be you, it, <laughs> the, the tables can turn on you, and that's that's you know how how you've exploited the the you know, devil-may-care attitude of governance will come back to bite you in the butt. I mean, so it's, his lawyers are are right, yes, it's being, the trial is being conducted in the media and he's being treated like a common criminal. And in spite of how this government, especially, but also previous governments have carried on, you know, the constitution still exists and it still guarantees, you know, the rights, or, well, it tries to, (laughs) I say guarantees, it it lists out it sets out you know the rights that accused people have but if you are part of a government that has shown a really really crass disregard for the law and the institutions under the law if you yourself have carried on like like an emperor like so we, we playfully refer to him as a sir you know reminiscent of of Russia back in the day, but if you've carried on like there are no checks and balances on you, and I hear that part of the issue also is that you don't even want to recognise that the law that sets you up puts you under a supervising minister. Then I'm I'm yeah. sorry, you you have to take take your lumps as as you get them.
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, I think you're quite right. It's uh, it's 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 as you said irony comes to die in Nigeria. It's unbelievable that. The same people who tell you that human rights are not important are now telling you that you need to respect their human rights. I suppose at this point, I need to bring in Eluka and try to find out why now Eluka in the sense that Buhari had sent his name as Phoenix dead for confirmation almost five years ago. The Senate rejected him saying he was corrupt. People had been shouting that Magu was corrupt, but Buhari as. A, DJ text used to say when he was a, a, a columnist that Barry well, seemed to be suffering from the many years disease. I couldn't, couldn't hear. So, what has happened now that has made them suddenly decide to arrest Mago? Well, um, for me, right,
2: I think what has happened really is that, in fact, to be honest, there are a lot of things to unpack with the Mago conversation. And I know for, on a segment we talked about why Bwari is insisting on still having him as EFCC chairman. So there are two things that you can look at. One, it might either be there's something he's doing specifically for Muhammad Bwari, or there's a power play in the presidency that wants him there. So my own point, my own belief is there's a power play. And there's a lot of conversation that's happened around events that have occurred after Abakari passed away and... This is one of the events, that, this is one of the things I talk about saying. Abakai seemed to have kept a lot of things in check. Knowingly or unknowingly, those things are coming to the fore now. So if you, look at the, if you look at the panel, the panel was considered a while ago. Report was submitted a, a while ago. But the action is being taken now. And it was a petition that Malami, after the general operation, wrote to the DSS that made them intercept Mago and put him in detention. So for, uh, well, I, like I said, there are too many things to talk about. I don't know why Magu was nominated as ESC chairman. He had a, he failed an integrity test with the, with the DSS. He was still kept on as acting chairman. And at the end of the day, there's no one else to blame Bob Wari. So if, if they say Magu stole, I mean, of course, there are too many things in the, in the papers. They, they found he, he has 380 houses. Seven versus Little screw. I'm sure most of those things are lies. But, I mean, it's a game he was playing. Like Tech said, Irony comes... Irony dies in Nigeria. So, it's the same game Mago was playing. Once they once they catch somebody, throws all kinds of numbers. We found 200 billion in his grandmother's house. So, he should also... <laughs> <laughs> he should... He should also... He should he should he should, he, should, he should... he should... he should... I think he needs to also understand that the same game he was playing can be used against him. So... Why is happening now, most, I'm pointing to the fact that one, Abakar is no more around to, I mean, to prevent some messy dealings coming to the fore. And two, I think everybody's just been set up for 2023. So it's like, cancel yourselves out. If you see, if there's a pawn that is blocking your way, you take out the pawn. So Margo might be a pawn. There might be someone bigger in the scheme of things. So with that, we'll know why this, with that we're going to know why this thing happened now.
0: No, I, I think, uh, no, thank you for that point. Uh, you talked about the allegations, and I think that's where I want Phoenix to talk more about, because I know we saw the pre- preliminary uh, findings that were released, I think, sometime last night. And uh, One of the things I found fascinating was there's this Bureau d'échange in Kaduna that seems to be the center of the movement of funds, and apparently some money from there was passed through a pastor called who is in charge of the hand of god ministry apparently <laughs> <laughs> this this hand of god ministry was the hand that was used to buy a house for magu in dubai so I, i'm trying to understand did did magu become born again like nicodemus at night or how did what how did magu interact with this pastor from the hand of God ministry and what because there are also allegations about uh, uh, Femi Falano as well I know he's threatened to sue uh, newspapers but is, is it possible Phoenix that all this kind of money was was moving around
3: I, I think like like Eluka said some of it will be exaggerated um, but obviously some of it will be proven uh, because this this allegation on the uh, bureau de change and and this uh, pastor person came from the nfi which i would expect that they did their homework and and were able to find enough evidence to 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 show this um and we know that in nigeria there's no shortage of bad men who are willing to um help uh uh people in uh, in positions of power, in,
0: what, you mean uh, even even the pastor of Hand of God Ministry is available to be used in that way? Please, please,
3: Hand of God Ministry is what. I mean,
0: <laughs> I
1: mean <laughs> if, if 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 we cast our minds back to the <laughs> to the birth of the phrase Hand of God, it was it was rooted. Exactly, in it was in DBS,
3: uh, Exactly, <laughs> so if you we know, man even choose that as the name of his ministry, <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean. I I I have never had never heard of the hand of God ministry or this particular pastor before, you know? and and so I mean him being a pastor does not preclude him from from doing from having underhand dealings. So and i have seen the likes of them do that over time. So for me that 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 doesn't even uh, cast any doubt on the fact that maybe they've done, they did it or or they, they had this arrangement going. Uh, Magu, I mean, if we go back to 20, 2016, was it when the first uh, time that they tried to confirm him and DSS brought out that report? There was this issue that DSS raised, particularly that he was living in a in a property in Abuja, that the rent for the property uh, was 40 million, uh, but that it, it was rented for 20 million and was paid for by some some former uh military officer who was said to have some shady background and dss pointed that out so you could already see that this guy had i mean had a history of being in bed with uh, very dodgy characters so i mean it just adds more fuel to the fire and and, and you've heard one too many um issues come up and now a proper investigation has been done that shows trail and all of that that traces Part of the proceeds to buying property in a property in in Abuja uh, sorry in dubai that that there was also another allegation that uh, interest on on some five hundred plus billion that was recovered was also looted as well so there 's just so much around magu that the que- i mean it goes back to one of the questions as you raised that why just now there 's been enough evidence to 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 get this guy, at least get him out of of this position. Because I mean, we're talking about EFCC, which is supposed to be the the, the, the tip of the spear for fighting corruption, which was Buhari's number one promise to Nigerians. That was why everybody sacrificed everything to bring this guy into, into office. And if the tip of the spear has somebody who clearly has that much baggage, and and the president chose to ignore and all of a sudden has woken up and decided to let malami do whatever he's doing it, it, i can't agree more with elika the blame has to go to to buhari
0: no no uh, thank you phoenix for for elaborating on that and giving us more detail about the uh the the move of the hand of god in the disappearance of uh, funds but i need to bring dj Tex in at this point because i know You often used to say even on Twitter that uh, you cannot really do parody in Nigeria because some of the stuff that happens, you can't even make it up. So we're looking at the evidence, and I know you're a lawyer. They said Mm -hmm. a lot of the evidence was stored at the NFIU, the Nigerian Financial Intelligence Unit. And apparently the building is within the vicinity of the presidential villa that is supposed to be the most heavily guarded building in the country, but somehow apparently unknown people broke into the villa, I mean, broke into the NFIU and smashed the computers that contained all the evidence. So I'm trying to understand, uh, DJ Tex, what's what going on?
1: <laughs> Probably another slightly loaded question. Um, I think as both Phoenix and Eloka have said, it just points back to, you know, if, if, they, if the head of the fish is rotten, it's, it's only a matter of time before the rest of the fish, you know, uh, decomposes away. Prior to this administration, we'd never heard of shooting within the premises of our. I mean, I, I read that story a couple of weeks ago about how um, security details attached to the First Lady and a nondescript... Aid of the president clashed, and bullets were discharged in Asorok. And Inogarba you know, Shehu and the rest of the the press spinners try to play it down as 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 nothing significant. But it, it just shows how 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 far things have slid backwards under this administration. And you know, you you, you then hear further, you know that buildings within the villa are being ransacked by unknown people and you know no security personnel have lost their jobs no investigation really has been ordered into it that villa is probably without exaggeration the most secure premises in the country i can bet that if you wanted there there is cctv footage somewhere but if if between the president and his chief of staff and his heads of security, they are not on top of those things, then you, you really then need to start asking questions. So who, who is really in charge? <laughs> you have a president, he's always shocked, he's always surprised, he didn't know, you know John Snow, <laughs> doesn't know anything. And so, so, so who is in charge then?
0: Well, was no, thank you for for uh, elaborating, because like you said, uh, the, the famous thing with Buharis now is either to express shock or to be unaware. But uh, I was gonna bring in Elok at this point, because the I think Phoenix, Phoenix touched on it that there seems to be an underlying uh, political motivation behind this issue. And one of the things uh, a few people have raised is the fact that as soon as Magu was arrested, and suspended a group of protesters suddenly showed up outside the Unity Fountain demanding that Tinabu be investigated for the bullion van that he deployed in 2019. And one of the interesting things that a lot of observers noted was that that Unity Fountain has been cordoned off by the police, so nobody's allowed to access the place. So the fact that protesters were able to get there without police stopping them Seem to imply that something else is going on. So I was going to bring in Eloka at this point. Is is there a? Do you think there's a sustainable angle to this?
2: Um, thank you, Gega. To be honest, right? Um, there are too many angles. <laughs> my, you know, too many angles. Polygon. Yeah, it's like you're playing chess and your knights and your queen are under attack. Now, when we when, let, let's go back in time. We all know. Margo to an extent, has a relationship or in, the, in, in quote, had a relationship with Tinubu, Right? Yeah. And so this, this is not the first time there's been this clamor for him to investigate Tinubu. I mean, this is not the first time, this is not the second time. But you see, what, with the Bahia government, I always look at timing. There's always, have you noticed that there's always something that happens and you just see an event and another event, they, they don't look, you can't really draw a line, but something, a third event now happens and so oh, so this is why this happened at this time when this thing happened. So it was mm-hmm. clear that let me speak like a well, the, their planned work, right? Was to simultaneously nab Mago and push this narrative of let's investigate Shinobu. So, like I said, Mago might be a pawn. Because to be honest, I do not think Mago has the intellectual capacity, right, to do. Three quarters of the thing they said he did. He doesn't. You understand? Um I no, I I I am not doubting the nfi reports. I'm not doubting those stories about three um 380 houses. Margo does not have that intellect. Even his story about buying a house in Dubai, Margo does not, Margo is too dull. He doesn't know, he doesn't know. I, I don't think he ha, he has that self-awareness to even transfer naira to hand of God. You understand? <laughs> so, so, like I said, Mago might be a pawn. And you look at the players now. Malami, what is Malami up to? Malabi has been fighting Mago from day one. Because he feels that Mago doesn't want to report to him. That's a different conversation. I mean, there are egos. You can, men, deal with your egos. So, what, the next question is, what is Malami up to? Why now? I mean, you, you, he was the one that petitioned the DSS to go and pick up a report that was submitted in 2018. So it tells you there's there 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 an angle. There's a hand somewhere. But we're going to find out with time, right? You know how this thing, how, this, how do all these events unfold is that something, someone will say something somewhere, someone will have a response and you're not okay. So this is the reason why this thing happened at this time and why this guy was implicated. So we're going to know. But your question, you're answering your question. Yes, it's a political game. But it's just like what happened during... I mean, the Edo-APC uh, primaries, how Oshomole overplayed his hand, right? And everywhere scattered. You can see yeah. now, APC apc is no longer sure of winning Edo-State again because Oshomole did not listen to wise counsel. So, I mean, I, I have a feeling, right, what happened in Edo-State laid the foundation for what has happened now. So we're just we're going to be observing. I mean, we're all observers. There's nothing we can do. If APC decides they decide to destroy themselves before 2023, the better for everyone. Because I don't think they've done anything. i not I'm not sure APS, APC has taken us back. I mean, anyway, let me leave that conversation around. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> not sure there's I'm not sure I'm worried about APC losing their next election because they've not done anything. It's just chaos, lies, chaos, intrigues. Who is this? Who is where? just look at look at look at just look at APC. In the whole geopolitical zone, there is one crisis. Everywhere there is a problem. On those states there is a problem. At those states there is a problem. In the east there also there is problem. So, I mean, it's, I'm not surprised if, if there is a political angle to this event that has happened.
0: No, I, no, I, I think uh, uh, no, thank you. I think you're quite right that uh, obviously there's, there seems to be political undertones. You can read it that it might be against Tinubu, it might be against somebody else, but exactly over, over time things will become clearer. But obviously, uh, as as DJ Tex just uh, reminded me via uh, WhatsApp, that uh, it's important to stress that in a lot of these uh, funds that were allegedly stolen were actually alleged loot that have been re-looted. So they said some of the so the assets were assets seized from people who were corrupt, and they claim Magu and a few other allies re-looted those funds. And that's the next thing I was going to bring Phoenix into because there seems to be a lot of uh, Cross crossfire in the attack. So, one of the victims was uh, our dear vice president, uh, <laughs> a popular journalist uh, Jackson Ude of uh, Point Blank Point Blank News. Named him Hosh uh, Badger, i.e., named him after <laughs> the, the famous Hosh <laughs> and they claimed he received uh, four billion. So there's now a side lawsuit between the vice president and. Uh, 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 Jackson today over this issue. So two things. How, how did the vice president get roped into this? I, th- I think anybody can get roped at any
3: at any time now in, in, in Buharis, Nigeria. I, I, I think the fact that uh, so many characters have been accused of corruption within that government that you'll be, it'll, I mean, it will probably be a surprise if if some people, we come out of it untainted so i'm not surprised that they have dragged uh, uh was it esther that one of our former uh one of our recent uh yeah. guests called, called him on <laughs> dragged him into into the matter and we wait to see if he actually decides to to take it up because from what i saw uh, the, the, the vice president decided to write to the inspector general of police uh, to report criminal defamation um, and, and we haven't seen if he's actually made an attempt to to go uh, via the courts to get uh, redress. We wait to see what happens. But I but I also wanted to pick on the point. I mean, the larger point around the loots being relooted and and uh, uh, to drawing out uh, what Eluka said just a few minutes ago around Malami, because when we when we look at it and say. Uh, perhaps there's a political angle to it. I think yes. I mean, Nigeria is where politics always trumps uh, economics. I always say that all the time. So everything in Nigeria is political. Everything. I mean, from the yeah. from the lowest level where you have MCO Luomo, you know, being being. I mean, they will tell someone will come and tell us that he. I mean, he's important to be to be interviewed because of security of people to the highest level where Buhari never knows e- anything. But I think beyond that, when I look at Malami, I always <laughs> for me, I mean, the, the, the figure of a very corrupt public official always comes to my mind. I mean
1: as my learned he, friend he, <laughs>
3: he's always mad in some in some corruption. Controversy. The controversy, exactly. Because and I think the genesis of the Wahala between him and Magu has of course, Margot, of course, was pushing back against reporting to him because this was a pawn who thought he was a bishop. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, he, or a queen, so,
3: thought he was a queen. He was exactly. He was willing to flex muscle and all of that. But I think malami o- was always had his eye on the loot from get go, because if we remember, even um, uh, P-, P and ID exactly, and and, and um, beyond that, there was this particular Abacha loot that came. That was already, The work was already completed, and Malami still appointed lawyers to go and help get the money back from the Swiss authorities to the tune of $15 million. So there's always been that drama around him. So to the extent where um, Magu has been that guy who has, who has been at the forefront of recovering all these uh, previously looted assets and refusing to... Uh, Koto to uh, Mark Malami. Malami and give him control over that I think that's where I think it's the pecuniary interest of Malami that has been pushing him all along and, and he never he was why kept in check by an back who understood the game and now that that guy is out of the picture the the figurehead that they have there he will listen to the first person to run to him while the new mr. gambari is still trying to find his foot in the in the Asso-Gula. And so, so petitions are flying up and down the first person to get there will go and tell him that oh this is uh, people are saying this about Mago and all of that but at the end of the day it is about feathering his own nest so there's there's politics but there's also the fact that this is a group of people who came into power to feather their nest to build their own fortunes and we're seeing it from babachir lawal who was despicably looting money that was meant for idps to, still working free. Exactly to 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 Malami who has allegations against him. To even the Kiari one that also had some allegations that were there. was a supposed uh, investigation that never came to light. You know, it's just an insanely corrupt government, the like that we've never seen before, which is shocking because these guys actually came in to stop corruption. <laughs> so <laughs> it just it just it just blows my mind and. You
0: know? No, I, no. I think my anyway, point, uh, anyway. I
2: quite.
0: I quite agree with you that uh, it is truly shocking that they came claiming to fight corruption, and every turner you you turn, there seems to be money vanishing. But I suppose I want to bring, I need to bring Tex in now to to focus on this, on these counter allegations, and to get your legal perspective. So, the second person who's been uh, who's been a victim of the collateral damage is uh, Femi Folano, the senior advocate they claim that he received the, the preliminary report says he received about 28 million and he's threatened to sue the newspaper that quoted the report and i suppose the question from your knowledge of nigerian law is isn't there a public interest element in a newspaper reporting what a government report has said
1: is there okay, a legal that,
0: basis to sue the paper
1: i'm 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 surprised i mean obviously he's is a more renowned law expert um so but as as far as i'm aware the the law of defamation um yes there is a public interest angle two if what the newspaper has reported is that the panel has said x um why, why why isn't he suing the panel or suing the presidency for even issuing that report because i mean yes in, in the wider scheme of defamation, everybody who republishes is as guilty as the first publisher. But how do you focus... I don't mm-hmm. understand. I, mean, I haven't seen the report, so I, I should be careful that I, I don't comment too much on speculation. But if his focus for redress is entirely the newspaper, that, that's, that's puzzling to me. You know, so what he's... What, what you know, suing against is that should be that the newspaper has published something that is false, because that, that is the basis for um, seeking redress for defamation. That the publisher has published something that is false. But if the publisher has only said the government or an agency or a panel composed by the government has found that X Y Z happened, um, and you're the named individual, and you feel that that is false. You should be going after the people that said that you received the money. I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. Is is my response? I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I don't fully understand it.
0: Well, I think I quite agree with you. It's uh, it's slightly confusing how uh, he's he's threatening the newspapers. So I suppose the the next issue is the appointment of this acting acting chairman of the EFCC because oh, Buhari has not even removed uh, Magu. Magu is just suspended. And he says uh, the new uh, Muhammad Uma is just there acting as uh, in as until Magu is uh, either cleared or dismissed. So I suppose the, the question for Eluka is, I've been looking at his profile and one of the interesting things, obviously from his name, is that he's a former Deputy Commissioner of Police, and he's from Kano State. So the question a lot of people are asking in the media is, is, is there a rule somewhere that says anybody who heads the EFCC must come from the northern part of Nigeria?
2: Well, um, to be honest, right, I, I'm not sure there's a rule that says that. Um, so if you look at historical trends, right, most of... By coincidence, I don't know whether it's by coincidence. Though past EFCC chairmen have always come from the north, but I, I don't think it's an issue. But what I what I what we need to look at is the composition of um, the hierarchy in the police police service police service commission. So what I see is that it looks it seems that a lot of northerners were investigative officers or operations officers in the police. So maybe so that is what I think happens, and so. When you want to appoint someone to lead the EFCC, you go back and say, "Okay, who has done investigation, or who has led maybe a, a financial investigation team?" And so the person appointed, Jonathan appointed not on us. Um The same team of I think Ribadu was his first EFCC chairman. So after Ribadu, he had so many other people. I am um, Lamode, Farida, Waziri. You have Magu, and you have this present guy. I don't know if there's a law that says that he must be a northerner. Huh? But if you're speaking to Bryce's own narrow, narrow mindedness, yes, I can understand that that he was always gonna appoint a northerner. So that's that's not that's not in doubt. The point for me really is we cannot continue to have an acting, acting chairman. He needs to take a decision. Mago is acting, so you don't even need the Senate's approval to remove him. Right?
1: Yeah. Take, take if, out if, if, Margo. If, if I may, my lord, yeah, sure. if I may. May I? Sure. So um, Garbache, explanation there, and I think there's some logic to it, is that everybody is presumed innocent until proven guilty. And, I mean, yes, there is a separate argument that Magru should have been removed and somebody substantive brought in after the Senate rejected him the second time. But if, if the purpose of stepping Magu down and putting this guy in his places just to facilitate this investigation that is going on. I, I, think, I think there's some logic to it, personally. Not to take away from it. anything else that you said. it was, was just a point I wanted to add.
2: Yeah, okay, So that's fine. So, I mean, so I don't know why Mohamed Omar was appointed, but I will but also not say that there's a law that states that, I mean, all EFCC chairmen, or heads of EFCC yes, must come from the North. It's, maybe it's coincidence, because, I mean, you can't... You, you, I don't really know what intrigues are. I do. I, nobody, I don't understand how, what the police, how, how the hierarchy in the Police Service Commission. So if I understood that, then I can say, okay, this is why anytime there's a, there's a position in EFCC, it's, it's, assume, it's assumed that someone from the North will take over. Oh I really don't know. It's well, hard to speak to this thing because uh, Buari has, I mean, Buari has, I don't know, his, his appointments have been skewed, <laughs> skewed towards the north. So, I mean, so everybody now suspects every decision he takes. And I, that's, that's the thing. So, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to speak to say whether this position
0: has been zoned to the north or whether it's just coincidence. So, I really can't say. I suppose the. the Final question, because of uh, time, and the final issue to address in this Magu business is the, there was an article today by retired Major General Ishola Williams. Uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember, when he was, he was a prominent general who served on the, uh, in the Buh- and Babangida administration, and he was known to be a sort of fearless, upright, anti-corruption crusader in the army. And one of the things he's mentioned was that, or is that, He thinks this EFCC crisis is of passenger's fault because, firstly, you should have created this agency as totally independent of uh, the presidency so that the, the head of EFCC is allowed to do his job with a free hand. And secondly, he's also condemned the idea that the head of EFCC must always come from the police force, that rather you should look for competent people wherever you can find them to... Man the force. So, to you, Phoenix. Uh, going forward, if you had to propose reforms to this whole EFCC problem, would would you agree with uh, General Ishola Williams?
3: I agree with him that he should not um, that the chairman should not um, be restricted to uh, somebody from the police. I agree with him on that. I've always I've always felt that it was quite strange and odd to me that. Um, this particular agency um, needed to be somebody from the police. This is, I mean, the name speaks for itself. It's Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. I think the the um, skills or the requisite um, knowledge and know-how that's required for this goes beyond just being a, a police officer. And I mean, it's more to do with chasing white collar crime. And I think they could, they should definitely look beyond that but to the to the other point that he's making about, I mean, it being independent of the presidency, I, I don't I don't think that's necessary. Again, it's almost like you're trying to find a solution to a to a problem to a person problem, not an institutional problem, because the, the issue he's raising has to do with the way Buhari and let's not also forget um, even OBJ used EFCC. So it's almost like you're saying that, oh, for, to the extent that we're having presidents who, mis, who misuse it and use it to chase their opponents, therefore we need that autonomy um, or we need it to be outside of the presidency to achieve that. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily buy into that. Yes, it, it may help and it may not help. If you give it autonomy and then the guy who's chairman decides to, to use the autonomy to do whatever he likes, for instance, I mean of course I agree that the central bank of Nigeria should have autonomy from from the government but we know what a certain central bank governor was doing with the funds of the central bank when when he was there so autonomy does not necessarily bring you the outcome that you're looking for it's more about how do you make sure that even if it's attached to the presidency that it can do its 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 work Um, and I think that comes from making sure that we have a strong Senate um, because remember the chairman is confirmed by the Senate and there is oversight from from the legislative arm and that's what they are there for so whether I report to the presidency or not is not the issue the issue is can they be can the, is, the, is the executive itself being held to account by the legislature is are they able to do their work to make sure that I mean whoever is the is EFCC chairman um, does what he's supposed to do. I think that that for me is the issue. It's not necessarily about changing reporting lines or or where it goes to. But I totally agree on the first point about um, where the, I mean the source of you know, putting somebody in, in the in the role.
0: Okay. No. No. Thanks for, uh, for your your detailed response. I'm going to bring in text at this point because uh, no, Just to clarify, it of the it says they don't necessarily have to be a police officer. They can be a serving retired member of any government security or law enforcement agency as long as they are not below the rank of an assistant commissioner of police. So, yes, they don't have to be police, but they could be DSS, probably even customs, immigration, or NDLEA. And he also says they must have not less than 15 years' experience. Uh, So, to Tex, uh, do you agree with uh, Phoenix that they should broaden out the – the criteria for recruitment. Or do, or do, you, do you think maybe you bring in a senior lawyer or a senior banker, or I, do you think?
1: I, I absolutely agree with Phoenix that limiting it to to you know government security or law enforcement agencies is it, probably counterproductive because first of all, there's a capacity issue within those within those um, agencies. And yes, someone will point out to me that they go for all these training programs and all that. But, you know, fundamentally, when, when the IGP, who is the most senior policeman, addresses you, it's rare that he comes across as someone who is, be, be careful, but someone who's, who is competent and can deal with a lot of, you know, the crimes of today. And then when you now take it into economic and financial crimes, I don't know how a, an assistant commissioner of police is, or somebody of that rank, is the most you know, proper or appropriate person to be tackling the complexities that today's economic and financial crimes present. Even the guys that do it in like, the most developed countries, they are like specialists, first of all, in, in policy. Second of all, in the technical issues around tracking money, around you know, the schemes that um, financial magicians use to cloak and daggers and, and confuse all of us. So, yes, uh, definitely expand the pool. I, I would be looking to amend the, that provision of the EFCC Establishment Act that you've just you know, quoted. And I can bet... 15 years cognate experience i i doubt there is any one of the acp rank and i am happy to be corrected who has 15 years cognate experience quote unquote in tracking financial crimes in tracking you know pyramid schemes the, the complex hush hosh schemes that uh, <laughs> that today's you know, financial crooks are deploying. So, I I, I will. Anyway. Um, what, what was the second point? Sorry, Phoenix, remind me, please.
0: My lord, second, you, you're, you're forgetting the questions we're
1: asking you, my lord. But I, if I may, my lord. If I, if I may, may I? May I? <laughs> so, I, I remember. Now, the second one was on the reporting line. And I think Phoenix has made an excellent point on and the oversight that the legislature has so it can be that the agency reports to the presidency or it reports to the ministry of justice there has to be accountability the issue is accountability and whether or not the line of accountability is to a supervising ministry or the presidency itself like in the case of the dss or in the case of the legislature the Again, it comes down to like the technical capacity of the people that are in these places. Because if you look at those, the the senators and House of Reps people that we have, again, this is a very, very finessed area of law enforcement. And to be a supervising or overseeing body, you you need to be able to understand the issues. And I'm sorry, if, if we keep on pushing the dregs of our society into those positions, we are going to suffer, um, you know, in terms of the capacity to to exercise the oversight in either the presidency or the legislature.
0: Well, no, I, I must uh, well thank you for your uh, for giving further insight into the issues, but uh, I obviously have to respectfully disagree with you and uh, Phoenix because, in in my view, I see nothing wrong with them saying the the head of the EFCC should come from the police or a security uh, agency. I think for me, the big point is the capacity because even within the police force, you have the CID, the special investigation or the criminal investigation, the CID. Sorry, you have, have,
1: you, have you been to the CID? No, no, I, 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 my Lord. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can give you personal experience of having taken cases to the CID. And I no. can assure you that your confidence is misplaced. No, no, no. I'm not saying that
0: at the moment it should come from there. What I'm saying is this is more of a capacity issue because ideally, if you work in the CID, you should already have this training about how to tackle financial crimes. But the problem is if we don't scale up our police force, we're going to have the same problems with the EFCC because as long as the same uh, politicians running this thing, they will also pack their cronies into the EFCC. So there's no guarantee that just because they say the person doesn't have to come from the police, that things will change because it will be the same group of, uh, it's, it's the same cronyism that makes uh, Magu, who was supposed to be a senior police officer, sound like someone who's never been to university. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to change just because you say no uh, police officers. It'll be the same group of people. you will be surprised someone like Dino Melai might be nominated to be chairman of EFCC. So... I, well,
3: think a a, I, I, think, I think the issue for me is, I, I think, and, and I see the point you are making, but I think there's there's a structural issue for me, because it I see EFCC as, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a result of watching so many of these um, uh, shows from the abroad, but I see EFCC as more of an investigative slash. Um, in, in the in the American justice system, you have the DA who is responsible for chasing all of this stuff and then you would have the, the police who are enforcing i mean doing the arrest doing all of that stuff now here in nigeria what we, what we tend to find is that you find that is the police who does everything from investigation all through to arrest and every, and and takes on that intellectual part of it that's the argument i'm making i'm not even saying that police are not good enough i'm saying that separate that enforcement part from the investigative part and make that a professional investigative body that is not subordinate to the police structure and and people it with with professionals who are well trained, who are well remunerated, who know their work and are able to do that and and don't so you're not restricting the agency into a police agency but into a proper agency that can rub shoulders with its counterparts outside of Nigeria. That's what we've always lacked with this and that's why it's never been a professional organization in that
0: but, that's where my disagreement is which is like you've rightly said it's structural so even if because in the US for example you have the, the states are the police force at the federal level you have the FBI which handles this sort of stuff that we're talking about the financial crime element is done by the uh, the FBI but the the point is it's a at the to get into the FBI there are minimum requirements you have to meet so they take the, the brightest of the brightest. So if our police force was recruiting the brightest of the brightest, uh, then, <laughs> then the CID would do the job he's supposed to be doing. Because truth be told, every time I've I've heard Mag- Magu speak on TV, I've always had to go, I always Google him here and check. I'm I'm thinking, are you sure this guy studied law? Because it doesn't sound like he be quite frankly, it doesn't sound like he knows his left from his right. But uh anyway, let me bring in Elocat to uh as as the final uh uh, uh, comment, commentator. So, Eluka, um, if you were Buhari, with all this embarrassment you've seen with the anti-corruption war, what, what would you do to sort of kick-start the process if you could? Um, well, I'll take the easy route, which is to fire <laughs> the
1: that's,
2: that's, that's the first thing I'll do. I mean, People can say, yes, you are listening to the court of public opinion, but I mean, you don't want, there's just too much distraction with Magu. So take out Magu, and let me go back to the conversation I, that we just had about um, restricting position to retired, um, retired security agencies. Now, to be honest, right, I do not have an issue with government restricting the position to retired um, security, retired people that or work serving. in security. Seven. The issue the, is ca- the...
1: the, the sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's retired or serving. Oh, retired or serving.
2: Yes. And so, a way, anyway, I kind of agree with you because we have a capacity issue. Now, not to take away Phoenix and Yana's point of he wants a separation. There should be a suggestive, there should be enforcement. Yeah, we can always talk about that. But if there's no capacity, right, if you want separate investigation and enforcement, once you bring people that do not have the capacity, they will falter. And I mean, at the end of the day, nothing will be achieved. Brings, my, brings me down to the point. And I'm going to use um, Canada. I mean, for you to join the police force, there are basic requirements you need to have. Yeah. So when you, when, you go to, when you go to a police station to report a case, you see, I mean, there's a way they document events. They ask you line by line because they want to create a story And if they can't create the score, they can't investigate very well. When you go to the Nigerian police station, when you go to the police station in in Nigeria, what in fact you get so disappointed that you leave them. (laughs) So I mean, and so no, so it's 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 funny, but that's the truth. So if you look at the people that will be employed as policemen, maybe from inspector to chief inspector to ACP, ASP, SP, ACP, DCP, CP. Those guys do not have capacity, so they can't even. not even. When you bring a financial crime to them, do they even know what 50s. Can they look at a? Can they look at a, like, Can they look at a balance sheet and say, okay, this funds ready? I mean, it's 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 just it's a capacity problem. So do I expect Bari to solve that problem now? He can't solve it. So I'm telling him take the easy route, which is take Margo out. Then I'm sure in the police force there are men that even if they don't have hundred percent capacity, they can do. It's an okay job. Currently serving. Look for those people. If you want, there are still some good people in the police force. People that are still trainable. People that are, can adapt to the exigencies of the time. Get someone like that. Make him chairman. Or I mean, why he likes acting, so make him acting chairman. <laughs> <laughs> then, if you think, if, 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 if he feels that, I still need to separate investigation from enforcement. Go ahead. Because, I mean, every day we keep on saying the same thing in Nigeria. It's about... Cap- there's, no, there's no government institution, right, that has capacity. And it's funny because in other, in developed countries, it is government that drives everything. For a government to drive stuff here in UK or in America, it means that some of the civil servants there have their capacity is like 200%. Yes. They, they, should, they should be shoulders us with... Someone in the private sector. Everybody knows efc's problems, the capacity problem. I mean, look at all the cases they've lost. It's capacity. So for why is it? I mean, why do you still need Mago You don't need Mago for anything, to be honest. check it. What has Magu done that warrants him to still be there? Okay, we need to investigate. I'm not saying he's guilty, but I'm saying we don't need this drama around him. Yes. Him, that's the simplest thing. You don't even need serious confirmation. Take him out. Which is one thing you should have done two, how many years ago? Three years ago. Yes. So that's, 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 that's the first thing you need to do. Take him out.
0: So I, must, uh, I must thank you at this point, uh, Eloka and uh, DJ uh, Text the Law for your excellent and insightful uh, comments today. I must also thank you, Phoenix, and thank you, our listeners, because our, our time is up. So uh, thank you for making this, this Magu special episode uh, a very enjoyable one. So until this time next week, I say have a good week to our listeners and also our guests.
1: Thank you.
3: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Nigeria's best. And thanks, guys, for, for joining us today. Bye, everyone. Bye.